0: All right. This morning we have something real special we're going to do, and uh, so, and that special thing is is we are going to ordain Mr. Andy Squires. So I wanted to read a few scriptures and share a few things, and then then we'll bring Andy and his family up. So, um, first scripture I want to read. Uh, Matthew, and, and this is what I want us all to do is I want us to learn s- something this morning, okay? I want us to learn something. I think God wants to to speak to us as people about about what we're going to do. All right, the first scripture I want to read is Matthew 13, verse 54 uh, through 58, and this is when Jesus came back to his hometown, uh, and this is how Jesus was received in his hometown. Verse 53, Is this not the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brothers, Jane, Joseph, Simon, and Judas, and his sisters? Are they not all with us? Where then did this man get all these things? So they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country and in his own house. Now he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. That's sort of a sad testimony of Jesus not being able to do mighty works in his hometown. And so I want to just bring up the point of this this word, homegrown versus import. Homegrown versus import. Uh, In the natural realm, it makes a lot more sense to import people into the church to do ministry. In other words, if we wanted to to bring another pastor in the church. In the natural realm, it's much easier to get somebody that we don't know because we weren't there in the process of them having to become what they are. You know, as as humans, we have a tendency to pigeonhole people, honestly. All of us do. There's a friend of mine who I've known for years, and a couple years ago somebody said... uh, I'll use a fake name just so I won't let you know who it is. You know, old Joe's a prophet in that church. And my response was, Joe's no prophet because the Joe I knew wasn't a prophet. But the Joe, I hadn't, hadn't been around the Joe I knew for three or four years. And the Joe I knew was a different... The, the new Joe was a prophet. Um, so I think it takes a much greater grace for a church have a heart to raise people up from within, and just try to bring people from the outside. We tried several years ago to the import business to bring them in from the outside. That way, we wouldn't have to have to put up with all their stuff. But uh, it didn't work. The Lord wasn't cooperating with us. Uh, I believe there's a lot of people who fall through the cracks in the church because the people of God for whatever reason, do not have the grace to be able to see in that person the potential that God has in them. And every person has a potential in God. You know, every seed, every every oak seed or acorn or whatever they call them has the potential of becoming a mighty oak. And that's really what God's called the church to do, actually. Isn't that what Ephesians 4.11 and 4.12 talks about? Equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. And really isn't the church's responsibility to raise people up versus sending people... And and there's nothing wrong with people going off to Bible college. Don't get me wrong. I'm all for that. But uh, if you go in some places, the only people who can minister in those places is people who've gone off to Bible college and gotten a degree somewhere. And for some reason, those people are suddenly qualified to minister. And I don't really know if that's God's highest calling. That did not seem to be the way Paul did it. You know, in the Bible, Paul raised up young men uh, young women to to take on the ministry, um, so that's what you know. Really, what we're striving to do our our goal in our, in this church is, is to raise people up into the calling that God has for them. Now, when Andy first came to the church, um, Andy was on the way here from California. He felt like he wanted to go and and uh, become a part of Morning Star Fellowship and be under uh, Don Potter's ministry to develop his musical. Gifting, but um we were at a uh, retreat at Apple Hill, and Andy's church was supporting the same guy that we've known um so Andy came to this uh retreat just to go and have a good time, probably sort of go to a free free deal uh and I'll never forget the first time I laid eyes on Andy. We were sitting there at the dinner table, and Andy walks in the door. And everybody's sitting there, you know, the door opens, everybody looks. You know, it's probably 30 people there. It was like a small group of people. And Andy looked right at Becky and I and came over and sat down at the table with us. And that's that's how we met Andy and sort of found out his story from there. And and I sort of saw Andy, and in, in, he went to Morningstar for a bit and decided he didn't really want to put up with that. In other words, not that that was a bad thing. It was just not where there was there was not grace there for Andy. For Andy. It was not where God wanted him. God used that as a as a bait to lure him out here and then he, you, yeah, it's a trick. And then, unfortunately, or fortunately, however Andy wants to look at it, and however we may want to look at it at times, he wound up with us. But uh, this, is, this, this is a picture I want to give you this morning of Andy. And I want you to see this of, of all of us, really. So when I saw, when Andy first came to us, Andy was like a grape, okay, on a vine. And what happened with that grape was this, is God decided to pluck the grape, because God wanted to make some wine. Now, for those of you who are familiar with the winemaking process, the first thing that happens with the wine after it is plucked from the vine is the wine has to go through a crushing process. All hmm? right. Yeah, the grape. The grape has to go through a crushing process to become wine. So um, what we saw in Andy, we saw God pluck Andy from the vine, and we saw God begin to crush Andy. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't really like being around people when they're being crushed by God, okay? Because, you know, in the old days before mechanization, the way they crushed grapes is people would get in the wine vat with no shoes on and squash the grapes. People would walk on them. And that's really a lot of the crushing that Andy had to go through was from people and people stepping on him, people messing with him. It's no fun being around that. A person going through a crushing process a lot of times are not pleasant to be around, honestly. They say stuff they shouldn't say. They do stuff they shouldn't say. We all have done it and all have said it. And then once the grapes are crushed, they go through this what they call a fermenting process. They add some ingredients to it. And that was some of the things that God was doing with Andy. Andy came in. I'm going to just really humiliate Andy, okay? Andy came in, and Andy, we obviously immediately recognized the gift of God in Andy, musically. That He was a gifted person. He had been a worship leader in his church. So we you know, gave him an opportunity to lead worship one night, and uh, the next day everybody on the worship team was totally offended at Andy. I mean, just totally offended at Andy, because Andy sat everybody down and gave them a teaching on worship. That was his introduction, I and mean, they really did not appreciate this guy coming into the church. <laughs> the so-called expert, you know, young guy. They were very offended at Andy, um, and that's really what sort of happens in the. See, a fermenting process is this: is you add yeast, you add sugar, that, and God was beginning to try to add things to Andy. To Andy didn't have, but Andy didn't necessarily think he he needed those things. He thought he had what he needed. He thought he had something at that time to give when really God was saying, yes, Andy, you've got lots to give, but right now I want to give something to you. Okay? I want to add things to you. That's why it didn't go over good because it was not a time to give. It was a time to receive. So that's where he was at. So he started going through this fermenting process, and fermenting is a nice name for rotting. It's really the truth. It's a nice name for rotting. The grapes have to rot. When I was uh, 14 years old, I, had, I got this idea in my mind that I was going to make some wine. And I literally made some wine. I figured out how to make it. And I made up this little bit of wine. I made up one jug of wine. It was a little jug, brown, little brown jug. I don't know what it came in it, but uh, I found it somewhere, and I made this wine. I mixed it up. I guess I found a recipe somehow and stuffed a cork down in this bottle, put it in a brown paper bag, and hid it in my closet. Okay, and I would take and go and every once in a while and look at it and put my ear up to it, and I could hear these groans, literally, because the wine was trying to expand. It was it was rotting, and when something rots, there's a what they call an exothermic uh, reaction. For those who, of you who know chemistry, exothermic is just release of outward energy, and so when something's rotting, there's exothermic reaction, in what we call stink. Okay, That's what really, when something's rotting, there's a reaction, there's heat in it, and it stinks. And Andy's life, in some ways, stunk to many of us. He just flat stunk. We didn't want to be around him that much. I can remember talking to Andy one day about something, and Andy was not going for anything I was saying, and the reason I knew it, I saw these red splotches developing on his face. And I thought, you know, I need to just hush. Because this guy is fixing to explode on me. He was like that wine. He was just sizzling on the inside. So you go through the fermenting process, and then there comes a time, uh, after a season of time, that the wine is basically through fermenting, but then it has to go to a, a shelf time, It's where it goes on a shelf. It's set on a shelf, and it's not meant to be used yet. That's why when you buy a bottle of wine, for those of you who don't know anything about this, they have dates on them. They tell you when they were made, you know, so... Some wines can cost thousands and thousands of dollars because of the year. They could be, you know, 50 years old or something like that, and, you know, there's supposedly good wine. But there's a shelf time that has to happen. And then people who know wine know when they should, you know, they go and sample the wine, taste the wine to see if it's ready to be served. And that's really sort of the last thing. And that was really one, one of my responsibilities with Andy, is I had a vision for Andy, because God... Has given me the grace to do exactly what I said to you earlier: is to be able to see potential in people, future potential in them. I mean, and I think we all can receive that grace from God. It's it's because really all it is is seeing God in a person, and seeing what yes, and having having a dream with that person, a vision with that person, a hope with that person, to see what God has for them, and having the heart to walk down that road with them. Truly, that's what Christianity really is. is because that's what God has done with us. And many of us want to know how to serve God. Well, one way we can serve God in a practical way is take walks with people down the road of life and walk down this road with them and help them get where they're going. Because you know what's happening to you when you're walking down that road helping somebody else? There's a, a, there is an invisible person, an invisible person, Walking down the road of life with you, helping you. And that is one of the greatest ways I have ever found that when God helps me, is when I'm willing to help somebody else. When I'm willing to take a walk with somebody. When somebody asks you to go with them a mile, go two, two miles. Is that not what Jesus said? Somebody asks for you for your shirt, your coat, give me your shirt also. It's not, not what Jesus said. And it's when we do those things, we're doing the things that He wants us to do. And in that, He's doing those things for us. He's walking the extra mile with us. So I began to begin to sense that it was getting close, you know, about last year, it was getting close to, to the time for the wine to be, you know, the final step in the wine is for it to be poured out and served. And uh, so I, I, I have a, a, a test that I do with all wine. I test the wine. And uh, I remember one strategic day out there on the porch when Andy was at a very low point in his life. And I said, Andy, I see darkness trying to get on you. It was a painful moment. I didn't know. And I was saying it because I was warning him because I saw a darkness and I saw the wine trying to make a decision. The wine was trying to decide if it was going to be wine or vinegar. And that was really, he, I really felt like he was at a place where he could have chose bitterness over being wine. And I saw, it was like I saw the vinegar anointing trying to get on Andy trying to get into the wine. And I, I told him, I said, I see darkness on you. Next time I saw him, I saw that darkness was gone. So I don't know if he consciously heard what I said. I don't even know if he remembers that moment. Maybe, maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. But God did something in his life. He made a choice at that point. And I knew at that point, I knew at that point it was it was like so-called downhill from there. I knew at that point that God was was going to do something in Andy's life. God was going to begin to to release Andy and begin to pour Andy out. As, as wine to be drank. And so I paid attention, and I began to uh, you know, t- sample the wine by asking the wine questions. Okay? I'm telling you all my secrets now. I'm not going to tell you the secret questions. They're different for everyone. But I would ask Andy certain questions about certain situations. And literally, I was really blessed is one way I can describe it. Shocked is another one. Because <laughs> some of the words that came out of his mouth, I thought... That is God. And I thought, I can't believe that. I can't believe Andy's saying. I can't believe those. I I knew the right answer. I knew the right thing. I knew this is what God would do in that situation. And I heard Andy echoing what I knew to be God. And I knew it was getting to be time for this wine to be be poured out and served. So that's really where we're at today. It's time to, to pour out the wine and let the wine be served. Now, let me just say something about that. Uh, that's also a process. It's, you know, I'm still in that process of learning how to be poured out wine. Learning how to be poured out wine is not fun always, and it's stressful to learn how to really be wine because sometimes God puts you in a nice crystal glass that everybody enjoys Sometimes He puts in a tin cup that nobody would dare put their mouth to. You know what I'm saying? God chooses the vessel. He chooses the moment. Sometimes it's not pleasant for, for Him to the way He wants to serve us. Sometimes we do our ministry, we, we pour ourselves out, and, and we know God's on it. It's blessed, it's refreshed, it's alive. It's wonderful. That's the crystal moments. Then there's those times when you feel like a fool and you feel like you want to crawl in a hole somewhere. That's the the ten cup, but nevertheless, the wine's wine. If it's God, it's God. You know what I'm saying? You really can't go on always what well, you feel. But uh, so we're gonna get the uh, we're gonna get to watch we're gonna this process is not finished. I guess is what I'm saying. We're gonna get to watch Andy learn how to really be poured out wine. We're gonna learn how to do uh, you know watch him you know stumble through that. Um, so that's sort of a picture uh Now, listen, ordaining a person is a very, very, very serious matter. It's a very serious matter. Uh, First of all, it has to be something that God's already doing. You know, we can't be doing stuff that God's not doing. Let me read a scripture to you. It's Acts 13, verse 2. It says, this is talking about Paul and Barnabas, okay? And, you know, they had hooked up in Antioch, and they were there. It says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, "Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them." So, in their the process of doing what the church does—ministering to the Lord, praying, fasting, worshiping, doing whatever you know the church is doing—in the process of that time, the Holy Spirit spoke and said, "It's time. I want you to. I want to separate these people." Okay. And it says. Uh, Then having, in verse 3, fasted and prayed, so they felt like they heard the Lord, so they got to pray and asking God, is this true, Lord? You know, got the test and saw, you know, checking their wine out and making sure these guys are right. And Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. They laid hands on them and sent them away. That's what what the Scripture says. Then in verse 4, this is a very profound thing. So, being sent out by the Holy Spirit, Verse 3 says they laid hands on them and sent them away. Verse 4 says the Holy Spirit did it. You, you, you understand what I'm saying to you? It was a it was a part a joint partnership between human beings and God. God requires that partnership. He requires us to do this. He requires us to work with Him and lay hands on people and send them, release them into the things that He's called them to do. God does not necessarily, if He had to, if He had no people, He would do it alone. But here's even Paul, the greatest, one of the greatest apostles who ever lived, needed people to lay hands on him to release him into his ministry. You got the point there? So that's what we're doing. We're doing something because we, we feel like the Holy Spirit has said, separate Andy to the ministry I've called him to. So that's what we're doing. We're separating Andy to the work God has called him to. I want to read uh, Romans 1.1. 1, 1. Um, and Romans 1.1 1, 1 is just a profound... I'm going to read it to you first in New King James Version. It says, Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God. Um, so really, he's, he's talking about his calling. In, in, in Paul's particular place, his, he was an apostle, but he said something beforehand. He said, a bondservant. Let me read that same verse out of the Message Bible. He says, I, Paul, am a devoted slave of Jesus Christ on assignment a devoted slave of Jesus Christ on assignment. That's, that's profound. Authorized as an apostle to, pro, to proclaim God's words and acts. So our dream for Andy is, number one, that Andy would be a devoted slave of Jesus Christ on a particular assignment. You got that, Andy? That's what we're asking you to be. become, as a devoted slave of Jesus Christ on assignment. Authorized as... And at this point, we're, we're, what we do is we ordain somebody to the gospel ministry and we give them a, a particular assignment. And Andy's assignment, his, if you want to, you know, he has an official title. Like, you know, Tony Baker has the title of children's pastor. Matthew Bollinger has the title of associate pastor. Andy's going to have the title of as worship pastor in our church. That doesn't mean he's just going to do worship. You know, he's going to do all the other miserable, mundane Task that every pastor does, but for title's sake, we're giving him that. That's his assignment that we're giving him today, and uh, as far as our church is concerned. Now, what I want to do now is everybody with me on this, and what I want you to hear this stuff for yourself. All right, here's what I want to do now is I want Andy and his family to come up here and stand. All your family, my friend. All of them. All of them. Folks too. Yes, your brother. Andrew, introduce your your mom and dad. This is my mom Pam Duran, and my and Ramon Pam and Ramon, and of course we have Dan Squires down in the end, and of course all the Squire girls, you know, with all their paraphernalia. <laughs> <laughs> now here's what I'm going to do is I'm going to read some scriptures to you from Timothy, okay? And this is like a charge to you, Andy. All right? Tony, come up here. And then I'm going to, Tony and I are going to lay hands on you as the official thing here. And then there's some people who may have prophetic words for Andy. We'll give him those prophetic words. Okay, Second Timothy 1, 6-9. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. For God has not given you, Andy, a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, but share in the sufferings of the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace which he has given us in Christ Jesus before time began. You got that? You, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Now, I want you to make sure you get that one, Andy. You have to do what's, what's happening to you today. You, you have a responsibility to help others. Somebody helped me in my life. Somebody believed in me. Somebody's believing you. We've got to, that's the way the the thing works. We've got to keep believing in the next and the next and the next and keep passing along. We can't let it die with us. Okay. You therefore okay, this is you therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. That's what you are now. You're official soldier. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. That's the Lord. Second Timothy two, fifteen and sixteen. Be diligently be diligent to present yourself, approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, but shun profane and idle babblings, for they will increase to more ungodliness. You got that? Second Timothy twenty two verse through twenty six. Flee also you full lust, Andy. But pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. But avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they generate strife. And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, in humility, correcting those who are in opposition, if God perhaps will grant them repentance, so that they may know the truth, and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been laid captive, been taken captive by him to do his will." 2 Timothy 3, 14 through 17. You must continue things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them. And, that, and this is a great testimony about Pam and Ramon. When Andy did Christ School of Ministries, one of the things they we do in the class is you take a test. It's a general Bible test. And Andy and Dan blistered that test. They blistered that test. And it was because of, of what you guys did as you taught them the Scriptures. And it says it right here. Uh, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at His appearing in His kingdom. Preach the Word, Andy. You're not just being called to sing. You are called to preach the Word, as every minister of the gospel is. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. But you be watchful in all things. Endure affliction, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. And finally, Andy, the Lord Jesus Christ, be with your, your spirit. Grace be with you. Amen. So, uh, Matthew Bollinger couldn't be here today. He's at a family reunion. Um, so, uh, what we're going to do is just lay hands on any a simple prayer, and set him apart. It's a simple thing. And we're going to let the Word of God be be the true thing in his life. So, if you want to just reach your hands and and agree with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, we uh, take this as a, be a serious manner. Lord, we don't lay our hands on anyone quickly. But, Lord, we do believe in the laying on of hands of impartation. Uh, and, Lord, every word that uh, has been read over Andy today, every scripture that I read over him, Lord, right now we are we're calling on the power of those scriptures to be released into Andy in Jesus' name. And, Lord, we, we ordain him in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in the name of the Father of glory, and in the name of the powerful Holy Spirit that you've given us, Lord, to make all this work. We ordain him to the gospel ministry today, Lord. And Lord, we declare over Andy, Lord, a life. We declare over Andy prosperity. Lord, we declare over Andy, Lord, fulfillment of all your dreams and all your visions for Andy. And Lord, we declare today that as we lay hands on him that we stand with Andy, and we bless him and we believe in the, in the calling of God in him the gift of God in him. And we believe that you have done the work in him, Lord, and you have brought him to this moment, Lord, to begin to be poured out, Lord, in, in a new way, in a higher level, in a fresher way, Lord. And we thank you for that, Lord, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. bless Amen. Thank you,
1: Lord.
0: Now, I know a couple of you guys have got words for Andy. If you'd like to come up now and share those words for Andy. Excuse me. Where is that microphone at? It's right behind one of the Squire girls.
2: Well, Andy and I have always had a love-hate relationship. <laughs> We've loved ourselves and hated each other. But.
3: <laughs>
2: but Byron asked me to pray and uh, see if the Lord would give me a word for Andy, and uh, I just want to pray over you because the Lord really did give me a, a neat word, and and everything Byron said in his introduction of Andy is basically everything the Lord gave me to say to you in a summary. And um, I'll just pray it and, and let the, the Holy Spirit lead. But Andy, the Lord has allowed your failures to be public and your victories to be private. And the victories He's given you, the victories that He's basically you've just only shared with those who've been close to you. And some of the victories He's given you in your life, you just have between you and Him. And the Lord says that He did this in your life. Because it wasn't so much a work He was doing with you as much as it was a work that He was doing in you. And the Lord says that He is the master potter and we are all clay, but not all clay is willing to be made pliable so that the master can shape it into what He will for His glory. But through the trials and the pressures in your life, you have allowed the Lord, and you had a decision to make to allow the Lord to let the trials and the fire to either harden you or to make you pliable. And you have chosen to allow it to make you pliable so that the Lord can shape you into a vessel for His glory. And the Lord says that He has shaped you into a vessel for His glory. And that while He's not through with you yet, He has brought you to a place where you truly can be used. The Lord would say that His favor is on you, His grace is on you, and that He is well pleased. And He's brought you to this place and He's released you at this time because this is the time when the blessing of the Lord would truly only be a blessing and not be allowed to be turned and be used as a curse in your life.
0: Amen.
3: Andy, this is pretty simple, really. It's because I am. Simple. Um, this is about David's mighty men. These are the chiefs of David's mighty men the ones who linked arms with him as he took up his kingship with all Israel joining in helping him become king in just the way God had spoken regarding Israel the list of David's mighty men then it goes to talk about them because these guys started off as bankrupts upset, discontented (laughs) a bunch of naughty boys and then they did awesome things and they never left him they fought with him all their days all his days. So I'm just saying, you're one of those mighty men, and in that mighty men there are the top thirty, and I believe you're in the top thirty. You're scary. Scary. <laughs> scary. But those thirty men were um, his also. His, sometimes his very best security guards. That you will secure what Jesus is trying to build in this church and other places. You'll secure it by guarding what God wants to do, and so you're going to be very anti-religion. And very pro the kingdom. Amen. And you need to stay and fight for the kingdom and not for anything else. That's right. That's a good word. So you are... What's your father's name? That's Ramon. Andy, son of Ramon
1: Squirite.
0: <laughs> one of the mighty men. Amen.
1: I really felt like the Lord wanted me to um, just bear testimony of of knowing Andy and Amy since they've come and to um, just, I just want to say that, you know, I could just stand up here in in my own flesh and just say how much I love them and what good friends they are to me and how proud I am to know them. I mean, I could just do that in the natural. So I really wanted the Lord to give me something for them that was real, you know. And so last night, I mean, uh, Byron asked me to seek the Lord. And so um, I just really was seeking the Lord and, and it was really encouraging to me that, even the same scriptures in Timothy the Lord gave me, I really want to encourage you to go read Timothy because the Lord wants to speak to you through those scriptures and um, that I've seen Andy and Amy um, be tried in the fire. You know, they've really gone through the fire and and I can stand before you today and say that um, Andy and Amy are are faithful servants of the Lord and really... Have a heart for God. I can stand today in testimony that that's true about them. They really have a heart for God. And so I wanted to write this down because I'm not really good at this kind of thing. So um, I felt like the Lord said that, um, you know, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and die, it abides alone. And that you really have gone through this process, like Byron was saying that you've really died to your dreams. I've seen you just really um die and let those things go, but the good thing about it is that you always come back with a heart after God, you know, and though you were tried in the fire, you would just come back after God with all your heart, you know, just whatever you have for me, God, you know, just take it, burn it, you know. You know, the Lord didn't bring you here to change you or make you better. He brought you here to kill you. Because He wanted to raise up something of Himself in you for us. And so I say today that this is the beginning of resurrection for you, Andy. A new mantle of anointing is coming for you. More prophetic songs are coming, and a new boldness is coming from God. And I say that with fear and trembling because <laughs> he's got boldness. <laughs> but this boldness a is a holy boldness from God Amen. that's coming. Amen. Thank and the Lord. that um, really you're going to begin to preach. And um, that the music, is, as much as a gift it is, as it is to you, it is, it's, just a, it's just a segue for you to bring forth a prophetic word of God that's mm-hmm. coming to you today. I felt like, so be ordained today by the power of the Holy Spirit and know this is the right time and this is the right hour for your appointment. For surely God has already begun this work in you and through you. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Well, let's, let's just give the Lord a clap here. We have this little thing called a certificate of ordination, River Life Fellowship, after due examination and approval by us as to his Christian experience, called to the ministry, and views of Bible doctrine, do solemnly and publicly set apart and ordained to the gospel ministry, Andrew Elliott Squires, on the 26th day of June 2005, signed by myself, Matthew Bollinger, and Tony Baker. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I, I do something. I say something. Andy wants to say something. And I'm gonna give him his first his first official assignment. After he says what he wants to say, then we want the people who are leaving to go to Argentina. Uh, they're going some people are going on a trip to Argentina, and Andy is going to take responsibility to lay hands on them, along with anybody else who wants to, and pray for them and send them on their trip in God's speed. So.
4: Yeah, we'll pray for Sally, too. Yeah. So, Andy, and
0: Andy, you're in charge now. Uh, so, y'all, duh, you know, fear and the wine, trembling begins the now. The wine starts getting spilled. <laughs> on you.
4: Well, I, uh, you know, the Bible says you have to give honor where honor is due. And, uh, oh. <laughs> Dean, could you please come back up? <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> I love Dean. <laughs> we really do. We 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 mess with each other all the time, but it's seriously the love of the Lord um but uh i just have to tell you guys uh you know i feel really kind of strange cuz you know it it sounds a little bit about that it's all about Andy Day but really it's not it's just about the work of the lord so i feel uh, okay about continuing on this line of thought but i just want to i have this list of people that really um wore my hide out the last 6 years just, Specifically, the first two years that I was here, there were some people that I really just, uh, uh, really, man, they just messed with me tremendously and really hurt my feelings a lot and uh, offended me to no end. And uh, But it was, it was all God. And I want to just say to you that this is why a word from the Lord is so powerful. And this is why we need to hear the word of the Lord. Because if we don't have the word of the Lord we will 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 run away from the things that He has for us, and and I, I'm here to tell you that there's the first one or two years of Amy and I being here. The only reason why I stayed is because I knew the Lord told me to stay. I knew that the Lord told me to be here because everything that was inside of me wanted to run away from what God was what what God was doing. And um, absolutely, Byron's right. Um, you know, I, I was. I was re- repelling to most people around here and, and, you know, vice versa. I mean, we just, we weren't getting each other and 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 I, I would frantically call Byron and Becky, you know, uh, sometimes accusing them, sometimes uh, trying to figure a situation out. And, it, I mean, the headaches that I caused them, was, it's just amazing that uh, they had the grace for me to continue. But... Um, but i'd get off of those phone calls and i would tell amy oh i mean these people are so messed up amy they you know i we need to go you know and and but i knew i couldn't i knew that if i left if i packed my family up and left that, that i would miss the lord i mean i knew it it, it was irrevocable it was it was the most powerful thing I could tell you, and it didn't feel good it wasn't like this mighty holy spirit thing going on it was just a it was just a knowing it was a it was an assurance, but it wasn't so blessed you know if you know what i mean um so I really you know Byron and Becky were key that's that's pretty much obvious. Byron and Becky were key for me and Amy to getting here and um but Donna Kohler was really really there on the day to day stuff with me. She, um, I worked for Donna, and it was, a, it was a God thing. And, you know, she would take me into her office and just school me over and over and over. Arthur Burt says this, Arthur Burt says that. And I'd be like, yeah, but Donna, that doesn't make sense. And, you know, and it's just years of, of going through the stuff. And so I really appreciate Donna just going through that stuff with me. I, and I, I want to just give her um, honor Today for that because she really helped me, and um and then uh, Terry and Emerson Manning they're not here, but they're really our extended family and they stepped in when you know when my parents weren't here they really embraced us they really embraced our kids and really have loved us through a lot of stuff so I want to say that about them and um and then the Harknesses. Have really I've only known the Harknesses for two years now, but that was so ordained by God that they, them coming to this church, and it was like right at the beginning of my uh, my final uh, breaking point after my little failed CD project, and and um, it was like I, I was all of a sudden protected, completely protected. I, I was about ready, I was ju- about ready to jump off the cliff of despair, but but um. Larry and Ann were there and tremendously, I mean, prophetically speaking into our lives. Ann gave us a word. We, before we even knew them, we had just gone bankrupt and we were losing our house. Ann, Ann came up to us and said, I see you guys in front of this farmhouse. And in front of this farmhouse, there's this massive oak tree. I don't know what that means, but I see that. And uh, not but six months later, we didn't go looking for this. I mean, we, were, we lost our house. We lost everything. We couldn't find a place to rent that we could afford. And this house with the oak tree came to us. It, it fell in our laps. And that's just one example of what the Lord did through the Harkness family. And then Larry's been paying me for a year and a half, much more than I'm actually worth, you know. So uh, we thank Larry for supporting the ministry that way. <laughs> Yeah. And I'll see. And then Cameron Whitaker, he's not here today, but Cameron's one of my best friends, and through the years, he has been speaking prophetically over my life, words of encouragement that have kept me going. And then um, my parents, my mom and my stepdad, Ramon, uh, from the very beginning, this, parents, this is a testimony to what it means for you to be speaking prophetically over your children. To, to pray and seek the Lord, what it is that the Lord has for your kids, and then to be speaking that into their lives continually and encouraging them. Because my parents did that from the time Dan and I were very little. And um and uh, you know, it's it was non stop, non stop. And it wasn't religious. It was just it was just what was in their hearts and they would be speaking prophetically, you know, that sounds weird, but really what it is, they were just declaring the heart of the Lord over our, about our lives to, our, to us. you know. So that was, did such a powerful thing because when the enemy would come and try and tell us lies, we, we had that other stuff so ingrained in us. So I just want to thank my parents for that. And then um, this last person uh, that I really want to acknowledge today, but before I acknowledge him, there's a whole lot of people in here. The, the Moors, the Bollingers, the Stepanics, the Steins, the Murdoch's, uh, the Vogels, the McCraws, um, the Linkers for sure. Brett and, Brett and Kim Linker, absolutely. They're on that list of, of great people in my life. But you guys were all there doing a lot of great stuff, you know, for me. And I just want to acknowledge you guys and um, say thank you. Am I going too long? Is this terrible? Uh, okay, all right. Are you all all right? I'm going d- to do, do Byron. Are you all all right? <laughs> I'm all right. Okay, I'm all right if you're all right. But... um if if you if you ever want a ministry in your life this is the ministry that you can have it's you can find a person and and no matter what they're walking through make sure that they don't lose hope and uh i mean and that's the one of the most powerful ministries we can do as people and uh, i just i i have to specially acknowledge Tony and Cindy Baker because um Tony uh never ever ever has given up on me when i had continually given up on myself time and time again and he when 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 the hours seemed bleakest and darkest and and i felt like you know jumping off a ledge somewhere tony would just like he wouldn't even give an inch to me he wouldn't even feel sorry for me he wouldn't even he wouldn't even like, oh, bless your heart, you poor guy. It was like, he's like, Andy, you are the man. You're the greatest. I you, mean, you got so much inside of you, man. I see God doing so much stuff inside of you. And I'm just sitting there going, oh, man. But but that injection of hope is what kept me alive for so many years. And, and I just want to say thank you, Tony and Cindy, because it was like, the thing that got me and Amy through so much stuff, and uh, I just want to encourage you, the body. I mean, that's our ministry. It's the ministry of reconciliation. It's 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 carrying people who are weak. Uh, you know when you when when they can't walk anymore it's taking the steps for them and when i when i didn't have hope you know that scripture that when paul's telling timothy to stir up the gift there was times when i did not even have the strength to stir up the gift within me so tony would come over and stir up the gift inside of me you know man i believe in you man you're the greatest songwriter ever to walk the face of the earth you know i mean you're the greatest guitar player ever andy and you know, it was just awesome. So I thank thanks you guys for that. So it was really, really awesome. And um, and I know there's people that I forgot, but I'm I, I just want to thank you guys all. And this is this is our home, and we love you guys. And so um, so who's going to Argentina? Just Dean. Dean's going by himself. Christina, okay. Is any of your kids going with you, Lizzie? Okay. Come on, Savannah, come up here with me. There you go. All right, and what what else am I supposed to do, Byron? Uh, Sally and Elijah. Okay, where's Sally and Elijah here? Oh, Chloe's sick. Okay. All right, well, why don't you guys come over here and you guys reach out your hands to uh, Dean and Christina and and Lizzie Stein here. And uh, we'll pray uh, the prayer of blessing as they go. And uh, Yeah. A whole year. Wow. We'll, we'll do extra for you today. All right. Okay. All right. Well, Father, we thank you for Argentina, for the nation of Argentina, Lord. We thank you for the connection between Argentina and this, this state, the state of North Carolina, specifically the, the town of Mooresville and, and for Jim Hill and Kathy. Father, I just uh, thank you for Dean and Christina and Lizzie. As they go, Lord, I pray that you would prepare a way for them. Lord, and I, I pray that signs and wonders would follow after them everywhere they go. Everywhere they go. That when Dean and Lizzie are going places that they would be depositing uh, the word of the Lord everywhere they go and signs and wonders would follow and that, that the blind would see, the deaf would hear, and the lame would walk. Father, and for Christina, I just ask you for a supernatural longevity for her, a, a great grace to be with her a year And I just pray that the language that she's learning would uh, come with ease and uh, that you would give her a supernatural mindset to be translating the Chinese to the Spanish. Are you going to be doing that whole Spanish? uh, Okay, teaching Chinese to Spanish people. Father, give her grace because I can't even imagine doing something like that. (laughs) So, Lord, we thank you for this trip. And... uh, and Lord, for Sally and Elijah and, and uh, Chloe, Lord, we ask that as they go to Chicago, Illinois, to minister in music up there, Lord, that you would protect them and that uh, as they go, that the ministry would go beyond the music, but that there would be outbreaks of the kingdom of God, unprecedented outbreaks of the kingdom of God at that festival, Lord, that's never been seen before. And that you would put a holy mantle on Sally and Elijah to bring peace and comfort and encouragement and joy and life where there's death, Father. We ask all this in your name. Amen.